Hello, hello, and welcome in everybody again to another version of Red, White, and True Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Britton, and yes, God bless our constitutional republic, God bless democracy, God bless the Constitution, and of course, God bless America. And having said all of those things, in our deep love for the United States of America, I'd like to have a conversation today that's less focused, like some of the other podcasts have been, on specific issues or specific candidates and races, and talk more about the issues that really are the primary issues leading into the midterms here. And before I get started again here, I want to remind everybody that I think this is a good position for all of us to take when we think about addressing the issues that face America. And again, this clip comes from Bill Clinton. And this is what I genuinely believe about the United States of America and our ability to face issues and solve them and overcome and achieve success in relation to the issues that we that we face. So here's Bill Clinton. Our democracy must be not only the envy of the world, but the engine of our own renewal. There is nothing wrong with America that cannot be cured by what is right with America. And guys, I play that over and over again because it's so well said and it's so well thought out by our former president, Bill Clinton. He's taking a position that America is great and that Americans are great. And the manner in which we conduct our government and our democracy and the manner in which we distribute freedom to our people and our citizens is a beacon of light and hope to not just democracy or the constitutional republic that we have here in the United States of America, but also around the world. He's giving a statement that essentially is saying America is great. We need to make America great, which at one point in time wasn't a controversial statement, saying we need to make America great again, said over and over again by a very prominent former president. And I want to play that clip for you now. That together we can make America great again. I want to attack these problems and make America great again. And to make America great again. Time to make America great again. So that's Bill Clinton again, guys. Probably not the prominent former president that you expected to hear make America great again from. But yes, Bill Clinton believes and, and believed at those times, like he does now, that we need to make America great again. In times in which we are suffering and we face issues, it is not a controversial stance to say we need to make America great again in times that it doesn't feel quite so great. Unfortunately, Bill Clinton can't seem to get his wife on board with this messaging. That's true. She wants to continue with the basket of deplorables statement. She wants to continue talking down to voters, in particular, conservative voters, as if they just simply don't understand the world around them and that these are the things that they need to be focusing on. This is the messaging. So this is Hillary Clinton with Joy Reid, which I don't have enough time to go into the bias and hypocrisy of Joy Reid and the hatred that she spews on her show on a daily basis. You're not a nice person. But I did find it pertinent and necessary to pull this clip from that show, which I hate to put on anything that I do, any content I put out. But I think it's important to hear Hillary Clinton saying what she's saying here 
in regards to the things that Americans need to be focusing on and what the clear and present dangers are. So here's Hillary Clinton. Ask yourselves, please, why would you entrust power to people who are either themselves unable to see how terrible it is that someone would be attacked in their home or don't really care because they think it will somehow get them votes that will get them elected. This is a real threat to the heart of our democracy. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I want to unpack this, what Hillary Clinton just said real quickly here before you proceed on to the rest of the clip here. So, Yes, crime is rising in America. True. Yes, we are seeing videos every single day of disgusting crimes being committed against innocent American citizens for absolutely no reason. True. We are seeing the videos of that every single day. And yes, it is terrible. And yes, what happened to Paul Pelosi is yet again terrible. That's true. But we need to understand this about the attacker in the Paul Pelosi situation. He is a Berkeley resident. Okay, which I say resonant loosely because he's a homeless drug addict and we sympathize with him for that. He needs help. Clearly, he has some clear mental issues that he needs to work through or get some help with, right? But he lives in a hippie nudist community or with a hippie nudist activist in which they fly a BLM sign and an LGBTQ flag. And he has been a supporter of multiple conspiracy theories all across the board. So clearly, he's not in his right mind, I think would be a fair way to say that. And his, his neighbors described him as such and also described him as left-leaning. Really? But this is besides the point. He's an illegal immigrant here from Canada in which he has a felony criminal record. That was told to us by the San Francisco police in one of their very first press conferences following the incident at the Pelosi household, which was disgusting. Okay, but that is one of the few things, pieces of information that we have actually gotten from the San Francisco Police Department and our federal law enforcement. Nobody wants to release the body cam video. Nobody wants to release the security video. Nobody wants to release the 911 call. Nobody wants to release the mugshot. Understand that these are tactics that are typically used in situations where the perpetrator hasn't been caught yet because they don't want to release these types of details to the public so that they don't get a false confession from somebody who actually didn't commit the crime. They need to ask details about these questions in order to verify that anybody that they do catch or anybody that confesses to the crime can be verified and that evidence can actually link them to the crime. In a situation where the crime was allegedly committed in front of the police officers, which should be on body cam, and in an incident in which they immediately caught the perpetrator, these are not typically the type of tactics that you see as far as holding evidence this tight to the vest because you've already caught the perpetrator. So in a situation where there's all these conspiracy theories, conspiracy theories rolling around the internet and all over TV from the right and left, primarily from the left in the mainstream media, and we'll get into that here in a second, the way to dispel all of that rhetoric would be to be as transparent as possible, release all the information, show everybody what happened, and now there's no way to create or fabricate a story because all the evidence got laid out to you. We were very, very transparent in showing you everything that led up to and during the incident, 
and how it was handled by law enforcement. This would show all of the facts, but they refused to release anything. Come on, man. It really, really is a joke. And it's actually completely understandable why it would raise a lot of questions for people. Why wouldn't you just release the video? Why won't you just release the information? If you want to dispel all the air quotes misinformation, just release the facts. We choose truth over facts. Okay, but having said that, it has been the mainstream media and politicians on the left that are using this incident to try and scare the hell out of people to get their votes. That's true. They're trying to use this and compare this to January 6th and say that somehow this guy fits the mold of a right-wing extremist, which is unbelievably laughable. So shiny. But they're trying to do this. It is not those on the right. It is not conservatives trying to utilize this situation to try to gain votes. It is clear that sanctuary city and sanctuary state policies allowed this attacker to stay in the United States of America, in which he should have been deported for his previous felony convictions. San Francisco police told us this. So what are you saying? Okay, but understand that I actually completely agree with what Hillary Clinton is saying here. Unfortunately, I just don't think that maybe she understands or realizes that the argument that she's making is actually not in her favor. It is the party that she represents that is primarily using this as an opportunity to try to scare the hell out of voters and has forced them to acknowledge crime, at least this crime, in which this may be one of the first incidents in California or San Francisco in quite some time that an attacker actually didn't get released quickly from prison. He's being held, being held without bail, which he should be for what he did. But she's trying to make the argument that this situation is trying to be used for a political gain. And she's right. She is 100% right. Stop it. That's madness. All right. All right. All right. Yes, I agree. Agreeing with Hillary Clinton on almost anything is madness. But the left is trying to use this as a last-ditch effort to gain back, gain back votes, scare the hell out of you to get your vote. Understanding that it is their policies on crime in sanctuary cities and states that even allowed this attacker to still be in the United States. But I digress. Here's the rest of the clip from Hillary Clinton on Joy Reid's show. Are you concerned that maybe voters are not putting those pieces together, that having a Republican House would mean that the people you're talking about would be even more empowered, that faction would be in power? Well, I think with all of the noise that we've got in this election season, um, I don't think people um, are able to really grasp that. But more importantly, I'm not sure they really understand the threats to their way of life. Do you think we're stupid? And yes, the answer to that is she most certainly and most absolutely does believe that we're stupid. Okay? Because whether or not you know specific political terminology or political rhetoric, you know when you go to the grocery store, stuff is really expensive. You know when you go to the gas station, stuff is really, really expensive. You know when you get your energy bills that things are really, really expensive. And this all happened over the last 18 months. Yes, the economy rode a bit of a wave coming out of COVID, transitioning between the two presidents, where we had a bit of success there at the very beginning of the Biden administration, but it has gone completely south since then. 
completely sideways. Tell them like it is. And most of this can all be tied back to our energy policy. We have talked about this in previous podcasts many, many times. You guys, Hillary Clinton is calling us stupid. The entire left thinks that we are stupid. They think that we don't understand the issues. They think that we don't know that their policies are directly responsible for the pain that we are feeling right now, for the issues that we are having. They think that we don't understand their soft on crime policies are what's driving crime to increase dramatically. You're a huge embarrassing failure. Okay, but I didn't want to use the Paul Pelosi situation. Quit playing with your dinghy. Get too far away from what the actual problems are the problems that we do understand, Ms. Clinton, we do understand them. We understand feelings that we have when we try to pay our damn bills because of the things that you guys have done. And then you got misinformation, yep, misinformation, and completely lack of critical thinking. Joy Reid, who wears an absolute set of glasses that only allows her to see the world from one perspective. True. Despite what the reality is, she does not even allow herself to see what the results of certain policies would be and what and how it's affecting the issues for American people. She doesn't care. She's simply spewing hate and propaganda for the left. And the left wants to tell us, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, democracy's on the ballot. Yep, democracy is on the ballot because you could potentially lose power because of democracy. So... Democracy is at risk because of democracy. That's just how white folks will do you. That's a pretty incredible perspective to take on things. But it's not just Hillary Clinton that has come out and said that we are stupid and trying to sensationalize this election to be something that it's not, which it is about the issues and these socialist policies that have pushed us towards the edge and closer and closer towards disaster. Nuclear disaster and Ukraine with Russia and economic disaster with the manner in which the economy is running right now. Not even considering the fact that we are not far away from running out of diesel fuel, and that would bring the economy to a screeching halt. How do we even get to that point? How does the United States government, knowing that diesel fuel is the backbone for everything, how do you even let it get that close? How do you let it get to the point where people all around the country are either struggling to be able to afford to heat their houses in the wintertime, or the supply just isn't even there for them to be able to buy the materials to heat their homes in the winter? You're a huge embarrassing failure. Do we see a lack of foresight here? It seems a, very similar to the baby formula situation. Nobody in our current leadership recognizes things that are problems until they are gigantic problems. And this is what happens when you take people who have a lifetime in politics and you put them completely in charge. They have no understanding for how the world actually really works. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. And they think we're stupid. Don't believe me? Here's Joy Reid telling us, well, the Republicans actually had to teach people the word inflation because, well, Americans aren't smart enough to understand what inflation is without 
being told what inflation is, blah, 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 whatever. Here's Joy Reid. Hurling more insults and telling us we're stupid. The only people I ever heard you hear use the word inflation are journalists um, and economists, right? So that is not part of the normal lexicon of the way people talk. So it's interesting that Republicans are doing something they don't normally do, right? Which is not use the, com- the common tongue, right? Not use just common English to sort of use do on their campaign like they're doing with crime. But what they've done is they've taught people the word inflation, right? Yeah. Most people who would have never used that word ever in their lives are using it now because they've been taught it, including on TV, including in newspapers. They've been taught this word and they, they sort of wrap this word around whatever it is that they really want to vote. The, the, you know, the reason they really want to vote false kiss my honey yeah so there you have it there it is there's exactly what joy reed thinks about the american people she literally called us commoners okay so thanks joy appreciate that um she says that republicans usually use common tongue speech to talk to voters about crime as if we need some really eloquent narrative an eloquent rhetoric to tell us what crime is? No, Joy. We understand what crime is because we can watch the videos and those people that are getting shot and hit upside the head with clubs and other weapons, they get it. They don't need some fancy rhetoric for them to understand what crime is. They get it. And guess what, Joy? Maybe this didn't occur to you. And if you can't tell, this has me pretty pissed off because she's talking down to us. You're not a nice person. She believes that she's superior to us. False. She believes that she is better than us. False. That she deserves to be a part of a ruling class, of a socialist government in which she gets to push the propaganda, tell the lies, spew her hate, spew her venom, spew her race bait, push her smut. She's a smut peddler. And this is what she thinks. This is what she believes. And it's disgusting, Joy. You and all of your friends in the mainstream media are Marie Antoinette. While the rest of us are out struggling to pay for bread, you're telling us, let them eat cake. Let the commoners eat cake. That's true. You're not a journalist. NBC represents the worst of what the media is. They just recently ran a story on Paul Pelosi in which they said directly from court reports, from court hearings relative to this situation, that... Paul Pelosi opened the door for the police officers and then did not report that there was any type of an emergency to them. He walked back into the house towards the attacker. Okay, in what situation, if somebody broke into your house, when the police showed up and you opened the door for them, would you not run out of your house and tell the police, he's in there, go get him? But then, after NBC actually does a little bit of journalism, a small amount, they come back out after that and they immediately delete the story. Why, 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 why? Citing that it didn't meet their journalistic integrity standards. Well, first off, NBC, we know you don't have any journalistic integrity. All of the lies and the stuff that you pushed during the Trump administration, all the Russia collusion stuff that you pushed that has now been provably false, Hunter Biden laptop stuff that you pushed that has now been proven, proven false, you have never ever come out and apologized. So we know you don't have any journalistic standards. You have no credibility anymore. Tell them like it is. But it's besides the point here, guys. They are talking down to us. Like we're stupid, like we don't understand what inflation is. Hey, Joy, maybe we haven't used the term inflation in campaigns because we haven't had to deal with it for 40 years. 
Maybe that's it. Oh, and let me tell you this too, Joy. You don't even need to know what the term inflation is. Like I previously said, when you go to the damn grocery store and everything's way more expensive, or you go to the gas station and gas is way more expensive, and you get your energy bill and it's way more expensive, or you buy any damn thing and it's way more expensive. So to hell with you, Joy Reid, in your big bank account. Sure, inflation doesn't affect you and your ruling class propaganda pushing wing of the socialist media. Of course it doesn't affect you, but guess what? I'm just a lowly old engineer, middle-class engineer, but I tell you this, Joy, I do understand math. I do get that, and it's pretty easy to discern what the issues are here when you understand some math. But I'm not going to break down in my terms. We're going to go to famed economist Milton Friedman. The last time we had inflation, answering a question from a student at a conference about where inflation comes from. Okay, let's listen to Milton Friedman, an economist, talk about inflation and where it comes from, the only place it can come from and who causes it. So, Joy, maybe you should listen to this and get an understanding before you try to defend your liberal socialist friends. You are a liar. About why we have the issues that we have today. Maybe you should listen to Milton Friedman. The last time we had inflation, when he answers a question about where it comes from, here's Milton Friedman. Yes. In a recent interview of U.S. News and World Report, uh, Secretary of the Treasury Blumenthal uh, blamed our current rising inflation uh, in a large part on our foreign trade and unions. He did, however, say that the government was little to blame. Would you like to comment on that? Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, it is one of the defects of our political system that we always put a Secretary of the Treasury and other high government officials into a position in which when they make public statements, they are almost driven. Well, what's the word I want to use? I want to use a polite word, equivocate. Secretary Blumenthal knows as well as you and I do that inflation does not come from trade unions. That doesn't mean that trade unions aren't grasping. Of course they are. But they don't produce inflation for one simple reason. They do not own a printing press on which you can turn out green pieces of paper. The only such printing press is in Washington. I say printing press, of course, in the modern age, we do it in a more sophisticated way. We use bookkeepers and accountants and computers. But it comes down to the same thing. Inflation is made in Washington because only Washington can create money. And any other attribution of, to other groups of inflation is wrong. Consumers don't produce it. Producers don't produce it. The trade unions don't produce it. Foreign sheiks don't produce it. Oil imports don't produce it. What produces it? It's too much government spending and too much government creation of money and nothing else. Okay, guys, so there we have it right there. One of the most famed economists in the history of the world laying out a very simple explanation for where inflation comes from. Well, I'm sick and tired of smart guys. But pay close attention there because as he's laying out the description for where inflation comes from, he also talks about many of the outside sources in which inflation cannot come from. And that is because very, very similar to the Biden administration, the Carter administration, who was the last 
destructive Democrat president who caused inflation, the likes of which we're seeing now, they also tried to blame inflation on everything else but their own policies and everything else other than what they had done. Right now, at this point in time, you're a lost cause. So why is it that Joy Reid so desperately needs to push this insulting narrative out that Americans simply just don't know what inflation is or didn't understand inflation and need to have it taught to them. Well, the reason I played that clip is because Joy Reid knows that it is the party in which she is the propaganda arm for that caused it. Wrong is right. And Hillary Clinton, who is also supporting that same party, also knows that crime is real and it is happening. But they are so desperate because their policies have been so destructive and caused so much damage that they have to tell us that it doesn't exist. Well, you're just stupid, and that's why you think these things are happening. No, we're not stupid. Milton Freeman just explained the cause. We all know what the effect is, but it does it really matter if you know what the definition of inflation is anyway? No, it doesn't, because like I said, we all know and understand the effect, because if you're an everyday person that's not crazy rich, you know and understand when you go to the grocery store, when you go to pay your heating bill, when you go to try to buy gasoline, or for God's sakes, try to heat your house in the wintertime, that you can barely afford to do it now if you can even afford to do it. True. And because those facts are so plain and so obvious, they have shifted to their final narrative, the left. The people trying to push us towards socialism, wild-eyed socialists, have shifted to their final narrative, which is the most telling of all, which is that democracy is on the ballot. Yes, believe it or not, somehow they're trying to convince us that democracy is going to end by democracy. So if they get voted out, democracy could end because they got voted out in a democratic election. Can't you stop lying? Which is pretty amazing. But there's some pretty stark contrast to democracy is on the ballot because it may be a bit of an act of projection from the from the left, from the people who are being run by people who call themselves progressive socialists. And we are expected to believe that the people who call themselves socialists are going to save democracy. Um, no. That's an oxymoron. It's ridiculous, to be honest with you. But... They have moved on to a new playbook, and they are now, now trying to scare the hell out of everybody, okay? So here's a man named Michael Beschloss, who is a presidential historian for NBC. Michael Beschloss has lost his mind. That's true. Okay? Because he is making a very, very dramatic case for democracy being on the ballot and what could potentially happen after Tuesday if Democrats don't keep or win majorities in Congress. So this is what he's trying to tell us. So I'm just going to break this loose and let Michael Beschloss spit this nonsense out of his mouth, which he should be ashamed of for saying, but especially because he's supposed to be a historian, but here's Michael Beschloss telling us how 
democracy is on the ballot and that it's going to end if Democrats don't win the midterms. Ooh, Michael Bachelot's here. A historian 50 years from now, if historians are allowed to write in this country, and if there are still free publishing houses and a free press, which, which I'm not certain of, but if that is true, a historian will say, what was at stake tonight and this week was the fact whether we will be a democracy in the future, whether our children will be arrested and conceivably killed. We're on the edge of a brutal authoritarian system, and it could be a week away. What a load of rubbish. Don't be stupid. I'm sorry you hate yourself. You should be ashamed of yourself. So let's unpack this idiocy that we just heard. And let me tear down his stupid argument one piece at a time here, okay? Tell it like it is. So first, Michael Beschloss, the the people that are pro-life, that support no abortions whatsoever, allegedly, this is, this is what the left says, no abortions whatsoever. That's what they're claiming the Republican policy is. We are supposed to believe that those people that want to save babies are going to line the kids up in the streets and kill them. Come on, man. We choose truth over facts. That is the stupidest, most ridiculous argument I have ever, ever heard. True. Okay? But he also mentions free speech in there, which is quite interesting, coming from somebody who is a supporter of this particular current leadership in the Congress and in the White House, and that has also infiltrated the FBI and the DOJ. We have done entire podcasts on how the people in power, the DOJ and the FBI, are imprisoning and harassing and arresting Joe Biden's political opponents and those who have conservative beliefs who are peacefully protesting and not arresting those who are violently protesting, but they don't get arrested or they get bailed out of jail or Kamala Harris sets up GoFundMe pages to get them out of jail so they can go out and kill more people because they support the right people, right? The people that are in power right now. I can't believe you did that. Which is an absurd, absurd belief and is so unconstitutional, I can't even believe it. But since Michael Beschloss, you're a huge embarrassing failure, had the nerve to speak about free speech, which is hilarious, I want to play a clip of a news report that just came out from a media organization called The Intercept, okay? They came out with a new report that has leaked documents in it that show that our federal government, the DOJ and the FBI and DHS, have been having monthly or bi-weekly meetings with big tech to censor stories. And there are text messages, emails, and all kinds of documents talking about the types of speech that they they term as hate speech or dangerous speech or misinformation. And I'm sure as it won't be any surprise to you, it's simply any speech that doesn't agree with them. So here's the report or a clip about the report from The Intercept. We looked at really hundreds of documents that paint a vivid picture of the FBI, the DHS, closely collaborating with the top social media platforms, Twitter and Facebook, to censor uh, various forms of content under the banner of fighting disinformation. And the story shows a couple of things. One, it shows what you just mentioned, a very cozy relationship between the government and these tech giants. Um, There's those monthly meetings that you just mentioned, uh, but also just very cozy emails and, and tech. Um, not a very adversarial relationship. You know, we looked at one text where Microsoft executive texts uh, Jen Easterly, the top disinfo 
um, director at DHS appointed by Biden, basically saying the government needs to get, the private sector needs to get more comfortable with the government. Um, They're closely collaborating on reports talking about the expanded role for DHS in censoring a really broad uh, collection of, of, of topic areas, of, of, of policy and political topics. Now smile, you look terrified. And guess what, guys? You should be terrified because that is terrifying. And when they talk about in the clip a broad range of topics that the federal government and big tech are working together on to monitor, to try to censor our speech or try to weed out misinformation, understanding that they can call misinformation whatever they want to. Really? And that's what they've been doing because they have been censoring and monitoring topics like COVID-19 studies, recent studies coming out of Europe and other places around the world that prove or disprove their own theories that support their lockdowns and all the other things that they're using COVID-19 to do. Shut up! This includes mask mandates and the functionality of masks, if they actually work. Anthony Fauci clearly didn't think that masks work or then he did think that masks work, and then he didn't, and then you had to wear six masks, and then you didn't need to wear a mask. Liar. Okay, the numbers between places where there were mask mandates and not mask mandates were almost indiscernible. Almost no difference whatsoever. In fact, there are some studies that show that people got less sick. Many studies, actually, that people got less sick when they didn't wear masks, okay? This also includes things like Anything relative to Hunter Biden, anything relative to COVID origins, uh, conservative positions on abortion, including legal reasons for why Roe fell. They gave a clear description for the fact that the reason Roe fell in the Supreme Court wasn't an ideological thing. It was a legal matter. Those things have been censored and deemed misinformation because the people in power don't agree with them. The system is a lie. See where we're going here? Michael Besloss? Yeah, okay. So maybe democracy is actually at risk. Maybe it is from the people who call themselves socialists. That's true. Okay, but we'll move on here. Uh, any pushback against any of the lockdowns? Yep, that was also censored. And parents who were pushing back against CRT, trans ideology, and diversity, equity, and inclusion being pushed in their classrooms instead of actually teaching their kids actual school subjects. Yeah, where we have seen a precipitous fall in student performance over the last two years because of the lockdowns and because of the lack of education that's been able to happen in person and all the other issues and how political these teachers' organizations have gotten. Yes, we have seen a precipitous fall in student performance, the likes of which we have never seen since we started keeping this record. Stupid. Understanding also that places like Florida that did not shut down actually are at or near the very top of the list for student performance. Hmm, I wonder why that was. But since Michael Beslas is a historian, Michael Beslas, You are fake news. Right? The guy who just came out and tried to scare the hell out of everybody to tell us that democracy was going to fall? Yeah. Okay, so the historian, right? He's a historian. So he should know maybe a few things about the past and how free speech has curbed democracy 
in the past, or the lack of free speech, I should say, because we know that free speech is a prerequisite for democracy. True. If you do not have free speech, if the government is censoring speech in any way, one, it is unconstitutional, and two, you do not and will not continue to have a democracy. Tell them like it is. Okay? Understanding that curbing free speech is the same tactics that have been used in the past by people like the Nazis or Joseph Stalin and Vladimir Lenin in uh, the Soviet Union and in Russia with Putin. We've seen it in Ukraine here recently who claims that they're a democracy, but if you listen to past podcasts, they're clearly not, okay? We've seen this in Cuba. We've seen this in socialist organizations, socialist organizations and governments all through Africa, all through Europe. Curbing free speech. Free speech was curbed all through Europe throughout COVID. Yep, sure was. People went to jail for it. So I don't know that they have a real argument that they have real democracies over there either, which we know that George Soros wild-eyed socialist has a, has a much larger impact in Europe than he has here in the United States yet to this point, which is why they are so much further left than we are understanding that they are curbing free speech to a very, very severe degree, and people are going to jail over there for it. Not too dissimilar to our FBI, DHS, and DOJ arresting conservatives for free speech and utilizing their right to peaceably assemble, simply because those thoughts, that free speech, doesn't agree with the people in charge, okay? You guys, in the 1940s, uh, late 1930s and early 40s, there were massive Nazi supporters supporters that grew here in the United States, much of it built around anti-Semitism. Okay, but there were huge groups of Nazis and they held huge rallies to the point in which they actually held a massive rally in New York City that is a very, very famous rally that they actually drug some protesters out of that rally in Madison Square Garden, where American Nazis filled Madison Square Garden. Wow, that's bad. They were given the right to hold a rally there. They had many protesters all outside and inside the rally itself. But because of free speech, they were allowed to do that. And the government did not interfere with them because it is their right to do that. And guess what happened, guys? The majority of Americans saw them as crazy. Okay? They saw their ideas as dangerous. And people exposed them. And they called them out. And ultimately, at the end of the day, positive free speech wins the day. That's what happened. Understand also that the Soviet Union, Joseph Stalin, they held elections. Okay? They held elections in which Joseph Stalin called it a democracy. Really? A Soviet democracy where the state is almighty and all powerful and free speech is not a thing. But you still go vote in an election. But at the end of the day, when they read the election results, Joseph Stalin gets 99% of the vote. And any of you who didn't vote for Joseph Stalin, well, you're either going to get killed or you're going to prison. I hate to sound so dramatic, but doesn't this feel a bit like the imprisonment of conservatives for conservative beliefs here recently, or maybe the attacks against political opponents in this country? Huh? Huh? <laughs>
and maybe also the cuddly relationship that we've been hearing about and now we have evidence of between the federal government and big tech. We also saw the same thing with Alex Berenson, right? Alex Berenson was banned all over social media because he simply dared to report the facts about what was going on with COVID. True. The real studies, live updated studies, the newest studies, the newest information. And guess what? It pushed back against the government's narrative. So what did they do? They shut him down. True. Well, guess what, guys? Alex Berenson sued big tech. He sued the social media companies. And guess what he found out when he sued them? Go look this up if you don't believe me. Guess what he found out? He found out that the social media companies were being directed to censor his speech, to cancel him because he was saying things that wasn't beneficial for the people in power right now. Oh my God. That is tamping down free speech. It is the most dangerous thing that can happen because the moment we don't have free speech anymore, the moment this whole thing falls apart. So yeah, maybe Michael Beschloss, maybe Michael Beschloss is right. Maybe you are right, Michael Beschloss. God, I was wrong, I was wrong. But maybe, like in so many other instances, you are projecting your fears because you're actually not fearful because you sit on the side of the people who are in power who are pushing this giant globalist great reset movement. That's true. Stupid. You don't believe about the great reset? Go read the books for the people who are the biggest supporters and funders of the great reset. Go read the new books they've been putting out. Tell me it is not a blueprint that sounds like exactly what's happening right now. We are in the midst of being changed socialist. That's true. Stupid. The attacks have always been there from people who were Nazi supporters, from people who were supporters of communism, which we've already made. We've already made the argument that there is a very small, if no discernible difference between socialism and communism. During the Cold War, people who were Russian or Soviet supporters within the United States. But democracy has always prevailed because we fought against it. The willingness to speak out for what is right. Well, socialism has become a lot more covert now. At least it was until the last two years when they actually started shoving it in our face. And it became very, very obvious really quickly. Of course. So yes, maybe democracy is on the ballot because the wolves aren't at the door. They're in the house. And we have to get them out if we want our democracy to continue to move forward. If we want our children to be able to continue to live the same types of lives and have the same opportunities that we did growing up. We have to. They have to go. Because what they are doing right now is intentional. Wrong is right. Don't you think it's maybe a bit of a threat to democracy to have the borders wide open, flooding the system with people that are going to eat up taxpayer dollars, people that they are trying to get to vote. Explain to me how it's not a threat to democracy that we have the left trying to make it so that people don't have to show voter IDs. Somebody explain that one. Uh, 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 uh. We would be the only sovereign democratic nation in the world that didn't make you prove that you are a citizen of that country to vote. What? But we have an entire half of, a, of our leadership all the left is trying to do away with voter IDs. They want to allow people to vote. 
that don't have to prove that they're citizens of this country. What an idiot. Uh, don't you maybe think that opens us up to some election fraud? Don't you think maybe a particular party might try to use some people that are illegal immigrants coming across this country that maybe don't speak English to try to get them to put ballots in? Uh, 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 uh. Or maybe what about the Chinese? Or what about maybe the Iranians or the Russians? Don't you think maybe they'd like to interfere in those elections if you don't have to prove that you're a citizen to vote? The most sacred power that we have of citizens, what actually makes us a democracy? They wouldn't allow anybody to vote in that. Don't you think that's a bit destabilizing to democracy? Enemies are friends in reverse. I mean, you guys, this stuff is unbelievably maddening. I, I can barely believe that it's actually true. But maybe there's some maybe there's some other reasons, some other evidence that maybe free speech and is dying. And they're trying to kill it on purpose because they want us to move forward with this oligarchy type government with a ruling class and the rest of us underneath of it. Because I promise you this, they even say in their great reset, they say, you'll own nothing and be happy about it. Kiss my honey. So are any of us convinced that all these crazy rich people, these billionaires, these ultra powerful people, because of all the things that they own, do we really believe they're going to give up all their, their property? Do we really believe they're going to give up all their possessions for this great reset? Come on, man. Of course they're not. It's nonsense. It's all just to piss on you and I, the middle class, regular Americans, just fighting to live a dream. And they have made it almost impossible to do that because their policies have been so damaging and so destructive that we can barely afford to live. And I know... They're freaking out right now because of this whole Elon Musk situation. I know. They're freaking out because they cannot fathom the thought of not having Twitter be an echo chamber for their own stupid socialist liberal beliefs. Oh, no. All the beliefs and policies that have failed us. Things like porn in the classroom for young kids. Oh, my gosh. How, that is such a terrible thing. Why, why would anybody not want to allow porn to be in the classroom for their young kids? I promise you, the president has a big stick. These things are maddening. It is unbelievable. They defy common sense. They defy morality. It, are we going to sit back and allow this? I'm not going to. I'm not, I'm not allowing it right now. My podcast is out there. If you want me, come get me. Here I am. I'll stand for the same beliefs I stand for all the time. The willingness to speak out for what is right. God bless America. And God bless our Constitution. God bless our Constitutional Republic. And God bless every American. And God bless our future. Because they're trying to take it. That's true. And Tuesday is hugely important. But here's why they're so afraid. Here's why they're so afraid of Elon Musk. And it showed up just a few days after Elon Musk took control of Twitter, the White House puts out a tweet and it's about Social Security. And they're bragging about how they increased the size of checks going out to people on Social Security. They brag about this. They put this tweet out, no context, no nothing, just says, hey, guess what, Social Security? We got a record increase in your checks this year. You're welcome, taking complete credit for this. So after that tweet goes up, Twitter simply puts a three to four sentence fact check on it. 
so that they can explain to people some context for what the White House is trying to take credit for. And what this fact check says is the reason that these social security checks have gone up is because of a law, an act that was passed in 1972 by Richard Nixon saying that social security checks must maintain with the rise of cost of living, i.e. inflation. We choose truth over facts. Social security checks must rise according to the level of inflation, to the cost of living. Well, what was the White House's response to this? Well, I'm sick and tired of smart guys. Was it to add some context to what they said? Was it to put some more details out there to give better explanation? No, they just deleted the tweet. Their echo chamber is gone. They're losing their echo chamber and they are freaking out and they are flailing and they are throwing fits and they are screaming obscenities and they are trying to scare the hell out of us to go vote for them. They don't have any real issues to talk about. You don't even hear them talk about the issues. That's true. The only th- only issue that we hear them talking about is abortion and their position on that is that you should have abortion all the way up to the point of birth. And some of them even believe after that. Do you have a soul? This is disgusting. This is madness. And I cannot believe that this is happening in the United States of America. But on Tuesday, we have a chance to shove it back in their face and say, we don't want your socialism. And I've told you before, I'm not a registered Republican, but I'm going to shove this socialism back in their face. And I sure hope to God. And it doesn't feel like I'm alone. When I started this podcast, I did not start this podcast to try and tell people how to vote. My intention was to inform people of what was going on out there to try and say the things that are really hard to find because the mainstream media sucks. True. They've chosen a side and they will not tell you the truth. They'll tell you whatever they have to tell you to get you to try to vote for Democrats. Can't you stop lying? And make conservatives look bad because they're in the ruling class. They are the propaganda arm. They're the ones that get to benefit from this whole ridiculous socialist system, this great reset. So you're not getting the truth from them. And because many members of the mainstream media or former members of the mainstream media and former politicians are making their way to our universities to teach these toxic ideas and ideology to our college students, we now see on college campuses, which used to be the bastion of thought and the bastion of free speech where you could actually take crazy ideas and talk about them in universities where people had true ideological thought and groundbreaking talks and conversations about the future of humanity, the future of government, the future of policy. But that no longer exists because this ideology has been pushed so hard that now on our universities, we see an absolute abject denial of the opportunity for free speech. Any oppositional speech, any conservative speech on universities is met with cancel culture and wokeism. And these students don't even want to hear opposing ideas to the point that they are spitting on people that show up to try and have conservative conversations with them. Or when they do hold free speech rallies or free speech events, they get broken into by protesters who try to destroy the entire integrity of the event. Really? Free speech is under attack from the media and our government and social media and big tech. 
Free speech is under attack. Our universities don't even have free speech anymore. True. Stupid. We see anti-Semitic groups growing, anti-Semitic factions growing at universities all over the country to the point that famed constitutionalist, constitutional lawyer, Alan Dershowitz, has been blocked and protested and banned from universities all over the country simply because he supports the nation of Israel. A1 USDA certified racists. These are the results, the toxic results of these crazy policies and crazy ideology that is being pushed by the left. Guys, we just saw at Trinity College in Connecticut, there were two male students walking around campus and having to notice that there were an awful lot of LGBTQ flags, gay pride flags, and BLM flags. So they decided they would go get themselves an American flag and then another American flag that had a red stripe, a blue stripe, and a green stripe, supporting police officers, firemen, firefighters, and our military. Students complained to the administration about these flags, saying that they were threatening, and the administration came and forcefully took down these flags. But yet they left all the BLM flags, all the LGBTQ flags, all the gay pride flags, they left all those flying. And guess what? I have no problem with them leaving those flags flying. But they have no right to take down the other flags because some woke student moron decided that somehow they were threatened by a flag that simply supports the United States of America and the people that serve it. Wow. 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 For God's sakes. I mean, this is unbelievable. I cannot believe I cannot believe that this is where our universities have degraded to. This is progressive socialism at its best, or should I say its worst? True. Because we are killing free thought. We are killing free speech. We are killing the places in which our kids are supposed to go to develop their minds, to think critically, but they're only hearing one side of it. And so they are so brainwashed to the one side, they won't even listen to the other side anymore. Stupid. Which is the same direction that our government is going in. None of this is an accident. None of it. And it's scary. So one of the reasons that I decided to do this podcast was for that reason. And you guys, this is my last podcast before the midterms. So I got a bit of a a, a long monologue going on here. And I'm dropping my heart on this thing because we have to stop this. We have to change this. We have to all go vote. If I help one person be more informed to go vote, I feel like I have been successful. That's true. No matter which direction you vote. Now, I can tell you which direction I want you to vote because I don't want us to be a socialist country because you may not understand what that actually means, but the United States of America will cease to be the United States of America. True. We will no longer be the country that we've all known so well. True. And you guys, I am so worked up and so scared about this election. I got to tell you, all the momentum seems to be pushing in favor of democracy, not socialism, but you never know until the votes are turned in. So go vote, go get your friends, go tell them to vote because you guys, none of this stuff is going to stop. None of this stuff is going to stop. None of this pain is going to stop until we get the socialists out of the government. Wild-eyed socialists. They have to go. They have to. I mean, for God's sakes, guys, the, the safety act that was just passed in Illinois, in that act, police, it takes police ability to be able to remove trespassers from people's property, either business or personal. That is our attack. That is an attack on our constitutional right to own property. 
So they're trying, they're actively trying to destroy the First Amendment. That's true. We absolutely know they're trying to destroy the Second Amendment. That's true. And now our right to property? It's, you guys, this stuff is intentional. It is very, very intentional. Please trust me when I tell you that I did not expect this socialist outcome to be what I what I came to when I started researching all of these different policies. This was not the outcome I expected to come to, but every issue I looked at and I looked at the legislation and I read it and I look at the direction that it takes us and I look at the things that are going on, it all points to one thing and it's socialism. It's what it is. And I have said this over and over again, you guys, socialism always ends in poverty and blood. Tell them like it is. Poverty and blood. So the left wants us to believe that the issues aren't real. They're not real. So shiny. They put out studies. They put out a study the other day saying that, well, uh, crime's actually not increasing, you guys. It's actually not going up. It's going down. See, look at these, look at these federal statistics that we have. See, see, but what they failed to inform you is that they left the 40 biggest cities in the United States of America off the crime data. You are fake news. So they're basically looking at crime in the suburbs. And yes, it had increased. It wasn't the decrease that they said it was. It was an increase, but it wasn't the dramatic increase that we've seen because they left out all the population centers. It's really an unbelievable thing. It's an unbelievable time that we're living in. So what I'm saying here, guys, is we have to stand up for our rights, for the Constitution, and for our Bill of Rights if we want the United States to continue to be the United States of America, a free, constitutional republic, democratic system in which we, the voters, have the power. We have to do that. Now, come on, don't fight it. But that can't be the answer, guys. We have to fight it. We have to fight it, like warrior poets. We have to fight it with our votes. We have to fight it with our words. We have to fight it with fact-based arguments, with statistics and data to support our arguments against the issues. We have to fight back against it. The willingness to speak out for what is right. Not with any type of violence, but we have to push back against these policies that are causing so much destruction for us. And I wanna talk about the issues and where each side stands on those issues to wrap up this final podcast before the midterms. But before I get into the more election issues, I want to talk about, just mention a few primary kind of federal issues that we're dealing with that we should all be concerned about that we need to provide solutions for. Don't run away from your feelings. And one of those is the gigantic increase in our federal bureaucratic institutions like the FBI and the IRS with 87,000 new IRS agents. I get it, we're on pace to have IRS agents retire, but why the hell do we need so many of these federal bureaucrats to be armed? Why do we need so many IRS agents to be armed? About three quarters of those IRS agents are supposed to be armed. They have to have the ability to carry a weapon and use it and be willing to use it. Now smile, you look terrified. Why? Is the Democrat Party so focused on building such a huge federal government, federal law enforcement, and arming them? We now have more federal bureaucratic agents that are armed than we have United States Marines. Give me what? That is a staggering, staggering number. 
And it's concerning and scary, especially given the things that we've seen from the FBI and the DOJ weaponized against the left's political opponents and people with conservative beliefs. Wow, that's bad. But we've got other issues that we need to look at too, like the wokeification of our military. I mean, we are seeing our military numbers from a personnel perspective that are lower than they have been in a long, long time. Part of which is because of COVID, because they kick people out for not getting a vaccine that doesn't work. Stupid. And because of the fact that people are just opting out or they are actually pushing conservatives out of the military intentionally. Don't be stupid. They are turning the military political, which is an absolute joke. And not to mention the fact that the military is a fighting force designed to kill bad guys. That is a blatant description. And it, I know it sounds a bit brutal, but that is the intention of the United States military to defend us from the bad guys. That's true. So I think it's more pertinent to teach them how to do that than it is to teach them what pronoun to use. What's a load of rubbish. The other thing that we know is absolutely killing us from an economic standpoint, from an inflationary standpoint, is this, this administration's energy policy. Of course. And despite what we've been getting told on the campaign trail, Joe Biden goes out stumping for Democratic candidates over the weekend and makes a couple of comments that are problematic. One, on Friday, he says he's going to shut down all coal plants. And he says he's going to do this because wind power and solar power are more cost effective than coal-fired power plants. False. We choose truth over facts. Which is mathematically and provably false, okay? That's not true. Coal is much, much cheaper than wind and solar is. Not to mention the fact it's much more reliable and generates a lot more energy. And we still get 22% of our energy from coal plants. Uh, 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 true. Guys, the math doesn't add up on green energy. We cannot produce enough energy with wind and solar to support and supply the United States of America. Go look at what's going on in Europe. They tried to do this same thing, and now they are desperately trying to open coal-fired power plants back up because they can't make enough energy for their citizens for winter, and they are worried that they're going to have tens of thousands of deaths because of freezing this winter. Oh, no! Understand that four times as many people die from cold weather incidents than hot weather incidents. True. Okay? And Joe Manchin actually had some pushback against this because, I don't know if you remember, but back in the summer, they made some promises to Joe Manchin. The Democrats made some promises to Joe Manchin in order for him to sign the, air quotes, Inflation Reduction Act, which the bipartisan Congressional Budget Office has proven does not reduce inflation. That is a lot. All it was was Build Back Better Green Energy wrapped in a new name. So it actually... The bill itself is actually inflationary for the first couple of years, and then beyond that is really about a wash on what inflation is going to be. So they named it the Inflation Reduction Act, but it actually doesn't reduce inflation. It is itself inflationary. So Joe Manchin hears these comments from the president over the weekend, and he pushes back. Enemies are friends in reverse. Calling them irresponsible and says that the president, his energy policy depends on where he is in the United States of America, who he's talking to. 
If he's in a very deep blue state, his energy policies are very, very green. That's true. If he goes to a red state or a purple state, his energy policies change. And this is something we have seen amongst the Democrat candidates across the board through this entire midterm. But the other thing that the president wants to do, and this is in relation to their energy policy, is he wants to institute a windfall profits tax against corporations. Stupid. They are so anti-capitalism, it is really unimaginable. But the sad thing about this is that this is another page out of the Carter administration playbook that has already failed. Really? We know that this policy fails. This current administration, the Biden administration, has pulled so many policies from the Carter administration that have already failed. And we are seeing that in America today. We are seeing it all over the place. These policies fail. We know they fail. Why are we trying to reinstitute them? It doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. That's true. Okay. But now I want to get more into the issues that are directly relative to the midterm elections. Okay. And I want to talk about the position of each party as it relates to these issues and where their message was at the beginning of the midterms and where their message are is at the end of the midterms. So let's start with the Democrats. Tell them like it is. Okay, the Democrats' position on abortion from the very beginning of this election has been abortion, no restriction, no regulation, all the way up to the point of birth, and some Democrats even saying after birth, which I'm sorry, that's called murder. That's called infanticide. That's not called abortion. But recently that policy has changed. We heard Tim Ryan in Ohio uh, strategically and magically change his position while he's sitting in front of a town hall in Ohio that now, yeah, he supports restrictions and regulations. We should be trying to protect babies in the womb. This is what Tim Ryan said. Now, I know you didn't do this just to win an election. But previously in the year, he had said he supports no restrictions or regulations on abortion after that answer had to get kind of beat out of him through multiple interviews, but he is very relative to the Democrats' position on abortion. Okay, the border. All right, I don't even know where to start with this one, but from the very beginning, Democrats, for the most part, have been telling us all the border's secure. It's fine. It's good. False. It's exactly what we want it to be. The border's fine. Don't look down there. Don't believe what you hear. Don't believe your lying eyes. Don't believe your ears. Don't believe the crime. Don't believe any of that stuff. The border's secure. It's fine. And then once they realized that that wasn't polling very well, they shifted their position to, well, some shifted their position to, well, we need to we need to secure the border. Primarily candidates that are running in the South that are running among, along that Southern border. Yeah, they're the ones that now all of a sudden we need some border policy. We need to do some stuff about the border in which Mark Kelly said he has worked. He has done everything and worked very hard on the border. And it has been a concern of his from the very beginning. False. Okay, well, you haven't voted that way, Senator Kelly. And if this is the best that you can do on the border, then you should just quit because this is a joke. If you can't, if this is the best you can do on that and you have focused on this and worked on this, um, yeah, you should just quit because you have completely failed, sir. Let me tell you why I suck. You're fired. And I have the utmost respect for you as an astronaut and what you have done for this country. But as a senator, you have absolutely categorically failed. That's true. It is an abject disaster on the border. True. And you have voted to keep that border wide open every single time. 
true. Moving on, energy and fracking. Wow, have we seen some serious flip-flops on this one. From the beginning of the campaign, we had Democrats saying, nope, no fracking, no fossil fuels, blah, blah, blah. Now we hear Democrats all over the country saying, oh yeah, oh yeah, we support fracking. We definitely support fracking. We need energy independence. So a flip-flop on that issue. You are a liar. Now, I know you didn't do this just to win an election. All right, let's move on to the next one. Bail reform, crime, release of prisoners, right? Oh yeah, we, we, need, we need bail reform, defund the police. Stupid. We need to let criminals out of jail. Don't be stupid. We need to let criminals reoffend over and over and over again with the same crime. You should be ashamed of yourself. And they get arrested, go to jail, and walk straight out. True. Yep, that's what we need to do. False. And now, once that didn't pull very well, now we hear the Democrats saying, oh, no, 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 we need to be tougher on crime. We need our, our DAs to prosecute crime. We need that to happen. So, another flip-flop on a major issue. Now, I know you didn't do this just to win an election. And then we've got the other thing, which is kind of relative to crime in the border, which is open drug markets. Many, many of the Democrats support legalizing all illegal drugs and creating federally funded or state funded areas in which it is legal for you to shoot up drugs and use drugs in public. Yep, you're not smart. Well, they did this in Oregon and violent crime and murder spiked 50%. True. This is a stupid idea. It's an absolutely terrible idea. And the other thing that we've been hearing about over and over and over again is women's rights, right? They keep talking about women's rights and, and particularly mostly about reproductive rights, women's reproductive rights. Okay, well, they stand for women's rights, right? allegedly, when it comes to abortion, unless I guess the baby that they want to kill is a girl, but apparently doctors make guesses about whether it's a boy or a girl. False. So, I, you know, I guess from their perspective, who knows what the baby is when it's born, even if it has a vagina. But they also want to allow men to play in women's sports. Don't be stupid. And it was my body, my choice. My body, my choice when it comes to abortion. But it wasn't my body, my choice when it came to the vaccine. That's true. It was take our vaccine or you're fired. Or take our vaccine or... If you don't, you're going to sit in your house. And you're going to do nothing because you didn't do what we told you to do. Well, I hate to tell them, but that's not the way the United States of America works. We actually have freedom here. Right. Really? All right. So let's backtrack amongst the issues here and look at where conservative Republican politicians have been on these particular issues from the very beginning of the elections, of the midterm election cycle here. Abortion. Okay. So for the most part, we've been hearing from Republicans around the country that they definitely support abortion. They want to restrict the amount of time in which you can get an abortion, but that there are some exceptions for abortion in the cases of rape, incest, or health of the mother. Those are pretty common, uh, pretty common abortion policies that we've heard from conservatives all around the country. And that's been consistent from the beginning to now. Yes. Okay, so let's look at the border. Conservative position on the border. We need to close down the border. And then once we get the border secure, we can take a look at immigration reform, which we need to do. We need immigration reform. But that has been a consistent message from the conservatives, from the Republicans, from the beginning of the midterm cycle right here to leading up to midterm election day. True. Tell them like it is. Energy. Yes, we have heard we need to be energy independent. We need to exercise America's energy might and energy dominance 
to try and help bring down inflation, bring down the cost of everything, and help make America more prosperous. So that has been the message from conservatives, from from Republicans, from the very beginning of the midterm campaign cycle to now. Same message. True. Tell them like it is. Crime. Okay? Crime, open drug markets, rape, murder, no punishment, cashless bail, bail reform, all of these policies, right? Where have the Republicans been on this particular issue from the very, very beginning? We need to fund our police, not defund. That's true. So they have consistently been fund our police, protect our police legislatively and with equipment. They have protected legislative rights, and they should. Of course. Okay? But they also have talked about ending cashless bail. True. Having a conversation about bail reform. True. Okay. Fair enough. We'll have a conversation about it, but it's not going to be just let people out. And you also need to, judges also need to be able to take into consideration the safety of the public when they set bail for an offender. That's true. Of course. We have seen miserable videos of crime from all over the country, and it is deplorable and disgusting, and it is terrible to watch. But guys, I'll tell you this, okay, to to wrap up the podcast here, when we vote for a politician... We are voting to put our trust in somebody that we don't know. So what are you saying? We don't know these people. They can campaign, do all the town halls, do all the meetings they want to. We can get a better feel for them, but we don't know them. But they're asking us to trust them with our best interest in mind. They're asking us to trust them. I chose my friends carefully. And I don't know about you, but if I'm going to try to put trust in somebody that I don't know, that I haven't met, that isn't family, isn't a friend, that I haven't known for a long period of time. I'm going to be looking for a very consistent message from that person on what the issues are and what the solutions are. Of course. And as we just walked through, on almost every major issue in this election, the left has flip-flopped on every single issue. Now, I know you didn't do this just to win an election. Because they have seen that their original stances weren't polling well. Now, I know you didn't do this just to win an election. So if you're flip-flopping on issues during a single election cycle, does that send the signal to voters that they should trust you on your position? Now, I know you didn't do this just to win an election. Because it kind of tells me that you don't really have a position. Your position is whatever polls better. Uh, 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 true. And I think there's a part of that that's like, well, okay, you're... You're changing your your policy. You're shifting your policy to be more reflective of what the voters are calling for and asking for. But we know that that's not actually why they're changing their positions. That's true. Joe Biden just let the cat out of the bag right before the midterms here that they are not changing their energy policy. They're not going to do that. Gas is going to spike. True. Everything is going to continue to get more expensive. True. And we are going to continue to struggle economically. True. And we have hard times coming. True. Regardless of whether we have a Democrat Congress or a Republican Congress. That's true. The only thing I can say about a Republican Congress is at least we can stop the madness, stop the spending, stop the excessive spending, and stop some of these ludicrous spending bills and packages that we're using to fund really crazy things with stupid amounts of money. Okay, guys, this thing has run so much longer than I wanted it to, but this one is so, so important. Understand what is on the ballot. We are choosing 
to allow this socialist direction to continue to move forward and destroy us and hurt us and tear down the America that we know. We are also voting for more of the pain that we have been suffering over the last 18 months. Why, 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 why? Or at least a pause or a halt to it to try and bring things back towards a little bit more normalcy. If we simply fix the energy policy, we could reduce inflation and bring costs of items back down to more regular levels. Somebody please help me. So that most of us could at least have the opportunity to try to keep up and try to afford to pay for our lives and support our families. That's true. So that's what's on the ballot, and we have to vote. Our vote is our voice. We go out and we vote, and we push the messages that we believe in. We identify the issues. We talk about the solutions. We talk about it with our friends. We talk about it with our families, and we take all those people to vote. Understand the issues understand the facts, understand the solutions, understand who's responsible for the issues that we have today. Why do we have the issues that we have today? Who caused them? What policies caused them? Who's responsible for it? And once we identify that, we have to ask ourselves, do we want to put that person back in office? No. To continue to legislate more policy that will continue to be more destructive. Because if the left wins these midterm elections, I promise you they will look at this as a thumbs up to everything that they've been doing, and we will get more of what they've given us. That's true. Which is going to be an unaffordable America. True. A weak America. True. And an America that we don't recognize. True. That wants to teach porn and ridiculous sexual stuff to our children. You make me sick. So guys, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to me leading up to these midterms. They are so important. But just because... The midterm is tomorrow doesn't mean that we're going to stop putting out podcasts because even if the Republicans take the Senate and the House, this podcast is still going to continue to hold politicians accountable for the decisions that they make and the policies and the legislation that they sign. Of course. Tell it like it is. If the Republicans win and they get in and they don't do what they said they're going to do, I promise you, I will eviscerate them also. So what are you saying? We need people that will represent us, go to Washington and fight for us and regain the values of America. He's all pledging allegiance under the same proud flag. So thank you so much for listening. Go on the Facebook page. You can find us at Red, White and True on Facebook. Go to the website, rwtrue.com. Support us, listen, tell your friends about the conversations that we have. Talk to your friends about the issues. Talk to your family about the issues. Get everybody to go out and vote. It's so important. But I'd like to thank you guys so, so much for giving me your time, giving me your ears, and listening to me rant on. You are a crazy person. And rave on about the issues and the politics of America today and how unbelievably important these midterms are. The American dream. But despite what Congressman Clyburn has told us and Joe Biden, uh, if if the Democrats don't hold majorities in Congress, the world's not going to end. Don't be stupid. And democracy isn't going to end. I promise you that. In fact, if they lose, we may be in a better position to actually proceed forward with American democracy and not more of a Soviet-type democracy. That's true. One thing that I can say before I jump off of this thing is I think... If the Republicans do take the House and the Senate, 
I would try to do everything I can to permanently legislate the filibuster. That needs to be permanent so that America cannot be fundamentally changed with a simple majority in Congress. Yes! There is no way that should be able to happen. Right. We also need to put policy in place that secures the number of seats that we have on the Supreme Court. Of course. Tell it like it is. Because, you guys, if they institute those policies, if the Democrats get to institute those policies of ending the filibuster and packing the court, that will continue on and on and on and on and on again into the future until our Supreme Court has about a thousand Supreme Court justices. Stop it. That's madness. And that's ridiculous. Nine is enough. Elections matter. That's true. Tell it like it is. And that's why we all need to get out and vote. You guys, I'm Andrew Britton. This is Red, White, and True Podcast. Thank you for coming in, listening in, listening to me. Talk to your friends. Talk to your family. Please go out and vote. And always, always remember, the road to progress is paved in facts. Boom. Go vote. I love America.